You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Brown, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing a love for the game and Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care. Whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go follow us on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group, Panthers on Tap. We have over 2,500 members. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. We have the crew from Ain't Easy Being Green Jets radio podcast joining us here in about 15, 20 minutes to preview the Panthers season opener this weekend at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. We will also be doing our season predictions. Bryce and I will announce our MVPs for the season, offense and defense players of the year, who we think will have a setback, and of course, our record predictions for the 2021 season. Again, that is coming up later on. But first, let's get some to day of news surrounding the Carolina Panthers. We'll start with the practice squad. Uh, Looks like the team has locked in those 16 guys. It's Spencer Brown, CJ Saunders, Aaron Montiero, Frank Heron, Stephen Sullivan, Rodney Smith, Omar Bayless, Jalen Julius, Keith Kirkwood, James Morgan, Sam Tecklenburg. And actually he has moved off that spot. We'll, we'll, We'll fill you guys in on that a little bit. Kenny Robinson, Aaron Parker, Alex Erickson, Mike Horton, and Dominic Eberle. The Panthers have decided to protect four of those guys. That's Rodney Smith, Alec Erickson, Mike Horton, and then Dominic Eberle. Bryson, let's just highlight, you know, what 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 do you think of the practice squad? Just your initial thoughts on those guys. Yeah, uh, it, it seems like they kept a lot of their own there on the practice squad, and, and rightfully so. They know what they have in those players, and um, feel more comfortable with them in case they, you know, in the situation that they ever do need them. I was happy they brought back my boy uh, CJ Saunders. I I thought maybe he had a chance to make the roster, and I was wrong, but I think he definitely has the opportunity to be called up um, if they do need him. Um, I feel like they they feel comfortable with him. Although they did bring in um, Erickson from the Bengals, I think was the last team he played for, and he does have a lot of kick return experience. And he was pretty solid when when he was doing it for the Bengals. So uh, he's one of their protected players. So maybe they feel more comfortable with Erickson than they do Saunders. But um, I liked what I saw from Saunders in training camp and through the preseason. But uh, And then they locked in the kicker, Dominic Everly. Uh, I think uh, Matt Rule said that it was more of a contingency plan um, in case COVID were to take out their kicker. Um, they had Everly on the practice squad to call up in that situation and then uh, they got the offensive lineman and then a, a running back, Rodney Smith, um, to locked in. So, I, you know, I think it's a pretty solid group on the uh, practice squad. And I'm excited to to see what those guys can do if they're called upon. Yeah, I, I, clearly Matt, Matt Rule likes the guys uh, that were in training camp because it looks like most of them are on still on the roster, which is good. You've mentioned Saunders already. I like Omar Bayless. I'm glad to see he's back. But yeah, I think, you know, across the board, it's a lot of teams are, you know, taking the guys they're most familiar with. Um, I'm curious to see how that Alex Erickson pans out. We'll talk to talk about him in a little while. But some they also acquired some guys. Panthers put in a waiver claim for Royce Freeman and Michael Jordan, both guys now on the roster. I know Bryson, we we had talked about them maybe adding in our last episode, adding an offense alignment prior to the claims last week. And it looks like they did. They got they added some 
depth there. A lot of people thought Jordan would make the roster in Cincinnati. So that's kind of good to see the Panthers snagging him. And Royce Freeman, I think, adds some veteran leadership in the, in the running back rooms. That room is young uh, behind Christian McCaffrey. So that's good. Yeah, I was excited to see them claim Royce Freeman. There was actually a couple other teams that put in a claim for him, but the Panthers got him first because they were they had priority. You know, he's he's got history. He's uh, he was really good in college. Um, he's kind of been just on a deep roster in Denver. Having mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, yeah. Um, e- even when he came in to spell them, I, I thought he did a really good job. Um, you know, in 2019, he had he had 496 yards. Um, and, you know, it looks like about six touchdowns. So, uh, I'm you know, he's he's got the talent, and I think he comes onto this roster and he's the second best running back on the roster immediately. Um, and then Hubbard, you know, he's still got room to grow, but I, I think Hubbard still, ha- you know, has room to grow. So, I think Freeman comes in as the second best. Um, and, and he's the, he's the he's something that they didn't have is is like the big bowling ball running back. So he's a he's he's a thick boy, as they like to call him. He he's he's a guy that you're gonna bring in and get one one or two yards, and he's probably gonna get those one or two yards. So I, I was excited for them to claim him. And then um, Michael Jordan, the offensive guard from the Bengals, uh, like you said, uh, I think it caught some of the Bengals fans as a surprise. He wasn't great but he wasn't terrible. And, and he, he came in as a fourth round pick out of Ohio state and he was improving every year. And to start, to start camp this year for the Bengals, he was actually listed as a starter on the depth chart, but I think they, they went with some younger talent that they had on the roster um, and just trying to develop them. And, and they cut him, just cut ties with them. But uh, I think that Michael Jordan is, is going to be a solid depth piece for the offensive line. And, you know, he, he might be an upgrade over uh, some of those offensive linemen we have and elf line and, you know, whoever else were putting that guard. So uh, I thought, I thought those two claims were, were good. I would have liked to see them make a couple more claims maybe for like a safety a kicker, possibly. I, I do not know how Jake Verity did not get claimed by any team. I thought that was pretty interesting, but, um, but yeah, I, the, the two they did make, uh, I was happy with, and uh, they seem like they're pretty set with this roster. Yeah. Just for folks listening at home, the Raiders and Ravens put in a claim for, Royce Freeman, I thought that was interesting, especially with the Ravens needing a running back after Dobbins went down. But Joe Person reported today, he's coming off of one of Rule's comments earlier this week about Freeman. He said that in terms of what he does, you know, specifically in two-minute, third down, and pass protection. So that's what you're going to be looking for out of him, almost kind of like a Mike Davis of last year. Um, I don't know how he is catching out of the backfield, but yeah, I'm ex- I, I think it's a nice depth piece for them at the running back position, and I look forward to both of these guys on the team. Now let's go to John Miller on the offensive line. This The offensive line, as they've said all offseason, is a, wor- a work in progress. But he was put on the reserve COVID-19 list yesterday. Uh, Matt Rule said and confirmed on Monday that he's going to be sitting out 10 days, which according to the NFL protocol, that matches the timeline for an unvaccinated player. Matt Rule confirmed that Dennis Daly will start at guard and Deontay Brown would be behind Daly if it came to that. Bryson, I just want to get your thoughts on John Miller, his decision not to vaccinate. We don't have to get too much into that. What are your thoughts on this this offensive line for week one now with their starter out? Yeah, this offensive line is a fucking disaster. (laughs) 
it's I'm very nervous. Uh, like I've said in the past couple episodes, but um, you know, John Miller not being vaccinated is just simply he's not willing to do whatever it takes to win games and and do whatever it takes for his team to be in a position to win. So that's all I'll say about that. But uh, yeah, he's he's out for ten days. He's not going to be there for um, the Jets game, and I think John Miller is probably the second best offensive lineman that we have which is the sad part, um, right uh, just behind, you know, Taylor Moten. So him not being there is tough. Um, Daly made comments that he's more comfortable on the left side of the line than the right side of the line, and he's going to be starting at right yard. So that's going to be very interesting. Um, Sam Darnold might not be playing very long for the Carolina Panthers. He might wind up dead back there. But we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they can stand in front of the players they're supposed to block long enough for him to – long enough for Donald to throw the ball. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm nervous, man. Uh, I mean, I've been nervous all offseason. We all have with this offensive line. And it just – it frustrates you when things like this are going to happen. There's going to be injuries. The offensive line is – the same starters aren't going to be – you love it. That's the optimal situation. But realistically, these, this line is going to be shuffled all around and when you already have a suspect group of starters, when you shuffle those guys around, it really gets thin. So, yeah, it scares the hell out of me. Darnold needs time in the pocket. We all know that. And when you have a starter out and now you're bringing in a backup, it just worries me. It really does scare me. And we'll talk about this later when we get those guys on from the from the Jets podcast. But they're not going to, it's not going to be an easy task this weekend against that defensive line, whether they have guys out or not. So yeah, it's scary. I think it scares me. It scares you. It scares everyone. So hopefully, hopefully these guys can hold up long enough for Donald to get some passes off, but. Yeah. Let, let, let me ask you something. Um, just kind of something that we've talked about before, just touched on it. If they had Brady Christensen as a second round grade guard, why is he not starting at right guard? It's a good question. It really is. And I think, again, I don't know. I didn't, I don't, didn't see a lot of him at right guard, but I don't know if he had a good showing at right guard when he was put in this year. I think he looked better at one of the outside. He looked better at right tackle. And I know Matt rule had said, you know, maybe a guard or a tackle, but I feel like when he's had the time, because they moved him at right guard in some of the preseason games, I thought he looked better at tackle. So they might just be, I think he slotted as Taylor Moten's backup and maybe a left tackle, you know, in the works later on or next year. But I feel like he just didn't look very good at the guard position. Again, I could be wrong, but that's just my guess. Yeah, um, and I thought Deontay Brown looked better than Dennis Daly did. Yeah, but he's so young. I mean, he he's made mistakes too. So it's like you put you throw a guy out there in the trenches who's young or put someone in there who's got experience and has done okay. It's I I wouldn't be surprised if Brown's not in there midway through the season at one of the guard positions, either at left guard or right guard. He's just so explosive. I just think that guy needs some time. To, before he's thrown in there but you know if Elfline or Daly don't start showing up and Miller's out or whatever the case is Brown I'm sure is going to be right back in there so 
Yeah, he's definitely got some room to grow with, like, you know, like schematics of the offensive line, knowing where to block. But when he's just sitting there, uh, he's pretty solid. I don't think there's going to be many people that can run through him. Uh, uh, that big frame of his, he's just – Yeah, he's he's just, freaking huge, like ginormous man. He's like the biggest he's man. He's a skyscraper, field. man. He yeah. just blocks and pancaking guys. He's fun to watch. He really is. You, he's definitely got that, you know – He's gonna live or die by the hits. He's he's gonna he's gonna take he's gonna take out some guys, which it's really fun to watch. Just some other news along the offensive line this evening. The Panthers added Sam Tecklenburg. Uh, that happened about an hour ago to the active roster. This is gonna replace John Miller for the time being, with him out with COVID. I'm kind of glad they brought Tecklenburg back. He had a lot of playing time this training camp and preseason at center behind Paradis. I know there's some other guys, you know, Elf Line is another backup there as well, but just some nice added depth and he'll he'll get some time on the active roster. Also today to replace Tecklenburg on the practice squad, the Panthers signed defensive back John Brannon. He's a former South Mecklenburg high standout from Charlotte. So uh, North Carolina kid coming over. I think he played for the Chargers or was on the Chargers practice squad. So they added him, added him in there as well. Bryson, let's go to let's go to the return game a little bit here. Rule said yesterday that Chuba Hubbard would be the team's kick returner if the game was on Monday. So he clearly is the kick returner for this weekend, unless something changes from now until then. Are you comfortable with that? You like to see him returning kicks? Um, if that includes punts, then hell no, because he had a terrible time catching the ball out of the backfield in the preseason. You know, just simple dump-off passes. I, I don't want to see what he can do catching punts. But, I, uh, you know, I, I think he's got the ability. I think, he, you know, he's got the elusiveness, the speed, and all that to be in the return game. But I, I just don't trust his hands. So, uh, I think that by Sunday I could see Erickson getting called up or – or Saunders maybe I don't know if they're really comfortable with Chuba doing it either and and they said you know DJ Moore or uh, Brandon Zilstra um, DJ Moore has no business being in the kick return or the punt return game we cannot risk losing him uh, on special teams so uh, Zilstra I think is a is probably the best option right now in my opinion um, over Chuba I would put Zilstra in but we'll see I guess uh, if they do roll with Chuba then I I pray for the best. Yeah, I I, I think uh, Chuba is going to add some a little zest to the kicking team. He's he's exciting when he's got the ball. He's just got to hold on to the damn thing. So hopefully he can do that. But like you mentioned, Alex Erickson coming over from the Bengals. I think I think he's going to be the punt returner this week, and I'll I'll be surprised if they don't activate him on the roster. His last year, his average punts were. 10.1 yards a return and just to compare that Joe person had this out one his article today if you haven't read it yet on the athletic Farrell Cooper was 16th with 5.9 yards average and I know a lot of fans like Cooper so it looks like Erickson is a good addition and if this isn't their guy I don't know who the hell is that punt return so I think that's gonna I think you'd see him there I know they DJ Moore has been back there as well I personally would not like to see him out there, save him for the offense, but that's just my take. But yeah, I'm, I think whatever, whoever is out there, 
just hold on to the ball. Don't make mistakes. We've we've been through this time and time again where we can't trust the returners too too often. So, all right, now we got the big game this weekend. Jets coming into town, and when you got Jets, you got to bring in fans that know more about them. So we got the guys here from Ain't Easy Being Green Jets Radio Podcast, Michael Lagaris and Keith Farrell joining us. Gentlemen, how you doing this evening? Very good. Happy to be here, man. Absolutely. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm ready to roll. I'm excited. We, Me and Bryson have been waiting for this damn regular season for too damn long. This offseason has been too long for us. <laughs> yeah, it's probably been a longer for you guys. How did you guys feel? <laughs> Let me just ask you guys, if you don't mind, when you traded for Sam Darnold, I'd love to hear what real Carolina Panthers reaction was not, you didn't give up too much. Not like you gave up too much to get him, Right. But just that he's going to be your quarterback this year. I thought maybe you guys were going a different direction. what did you guys think about that? You probably been talking about on your podcast nonstop for six months. I mean, it's probably old news to you, but I just, I just have to know. Yeah. I'll, oh, I'll, go, I'll ahead. go first. Yeah. I'll go first Curtis. Cause I was a little bit more excited than he was. Um, so as Panthers fans, we had Teddy Bridgewater last year and Teddy Bridgewater was complete dog shit. So I was excited to not. I was excited to see anybody but Teddy Bridgewater be our quarterback next season, um, whether that be our backup that used to be Will Greer or PJ Walker. Um, you know, I, I was excited for them to to bring in a different quarterback. I think, you know, Sam Darnold hasn't had a great career in the NFL up to this point, uh, but I think he's definitely got some tangibles that you like to see in, in quarterbacks. And you know, maybe his career isn't over, uh, but yeah. That, that that's that's to be seen and um, i think that this roster that is constructed as it is now for the carolina panthers is the most offensive weapons he's ever had in his career with dj moore and robbie anderson and christian mccaffrey Terrace marshall jr um and you know i i think this is a year that we'll see if you know if, if donald has it or not if if he's going to be a career backup or if he's going to or if he has you know starter mentality so um, Not a lot of excuses out there for him this year, considering no. the squad you guys have on paper on offense. Mike and I have talked about it too. I think Sam, there's no way he's going to be as bad as he was on the Jets, just considering Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and him. They already have a report. Him and Robbie Anderson, his rookie year actually connected a lot. So, I mean, yeah. they already have uh, chemistry together. You guys have a lot of weapons on offense. So, yeah. just that by default, you think Sam has to improve. The only thing that concerns me, I guess, and you guys know better than me, is the offensive line. Because <laughs> yeah. here, here with the Jets, um, and Mike knows all these metrics, man. He used to throw them out at us on the show when it came to no quarterbacks. Great when they're blitz, right? We don't know that. But Sam, when he was under pressure, was remarkably bad. And he was under pressure a lot with the Jets. Hence, he wasn't that great a quarterback. So you can't blame it all on him. We had the worst offensive line imaginable. Um, and I looked at the rankings on PFF today, and I think the Panthers were 30th out of 32. Actually, lower than the Jets, which was surprising to me. Um, what about the offensive line? What do you think about that this year with your boy? Yeah, we, we, we were talking about that before you guys came on. Uh, we are extremely nervous about the offensive line. We have one good offensive lineman, in my opinion, in Taylor Moten, our right tackle. So, yeah. Uh, and, and then and we got your boy, Pat Elfline, who has yep. been – he's been Yikes. dog shit. He's been dog yeah. shit in the preseason. He, I was – he stood out he's, – he's a starter for the Panthers now. Am I correct? Yes. When I did my research for the show yes. and I read that, I was like, maybe – I thought there was maybe an injury in front of him, so he slid into the starter spot. But no. then I was like, wait, three-year contract? Yeah. Is that a typo? That was one of their first offensive linemen they signed in, in free agency. They went and got Cameron Irving, the left tackle from the Cowboys, who, yep. who you know, has been on and off in his career, and Pat Elfine. So, I don't know. but That should I'm have been the precursor about- that they were going to go out and get Sam Darnold. But yeah. you guys got to be laughing at us. I'll, I'll, let, let's go back <laughs> to the first question. 
I hated the move. I'd be lying to say I didn't. I I was not a fan of the move when they went and got Sam Darnold. I thought they could have given Teddy Bridgewater another shot. Um, and we'll see who pans out better this year um, with him on within with him in Denver. But yeah, I I take this quote and it. I think it's this is kind of how I looked at it. If it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, swims like a duck, it's probably a duck. And Sam Darnold has struggled at quarterback even into his college years. And I just, I don't know if the Panthers are a team to fix him. I hope so. I've, I've definitely become less harsh about it over the last few months. And I'm trying to be optimistic about it. Um, kind of like I was, or not what well, I really actually wasn't last or with Teddy Bridgewater, but yeah, so I'm going into it. Let's see what he can do. I think like Bryson mentioned, they put, they got a, a lot of weapons around him. Give him a shot, see what he can do. I mean, I'm not going to be too hard on him yet. I think it's too early. Um, but I'll, I'll say this. He better beat the New York Jets this Sunday or we got some problems. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it there. This is the thing about Sam, okay? And Keith knows this. Jet fans know this. <clears throat> Sam, uh, coming out of high school, uh, did really, really well. Obviously, he got a full ride to go to USC. In USC, he flashed. There were some moments where he it was greatness, you know, that Rose Bowl, uh, the five-touchdown performance, right? Um, but there were struggles. There was interceptions, the bad mechanics, so on and so forth. But you can see the brilliance, right? And then when you learn about what Sam was, you know, Sam playing, he was playing more defense, defense was playing on the defense in the beginning when he started playing football. And then he was a basketball player. He's an athlete. Okay. Um, when he got to play at the NFL level, he had only been playing quarterback for a few years, not that long. He really wasn't someone who was like being groomed, like a guy like Ark Manning since he was two the kids what he's a sophomore in high school he's going to get into canton in another three years the, the entire life he's already been you know what i'm saying sam wasn't one of those okay so you have to understand that part as well now when sam got to the nfl he what did he do he flashed first game against detroit lions monday night football me and keith watching right throwing touchdowns to robbie first first was a pick six well not the first pass like, first pass oh, of his career was first pass, a pick, six. pick six right and we're like oh but then the next, the rest of the game was lights out. Next yeah. week, he played against Miami Dolphins, a bunch of interceptions, right? Sam is, he, he, every time you think he's a scrub, he then does a play where you're like, and I'm yeah. not talking a normal play. I'm talking about like a wow play where you're like, yo, maybe, maybe there's something here because he has that in him. Mm -hmm. If what I'm trying to say to you is the consistency hasn't been there since all the way in college. At an elite level, the consistency hasn't been there. He needs someone to just show him the basics and keep him structured within an offense so that he can consistently execute. But I am going to tell you that if whoever harnesses Sam Darnold, you have a special quarterback if you, if you can get him to play without turning the ball over and making good decisions because he can do things that – no other quarterbacks can do. Keith can tell you he can pull stuff out of his ass. Like I'm telling you, like you're like, wait, what? Like it's just the craziest stuff. He's one. He's like a Brett Favre-ish type guy, right? But sneaky, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I that's all I'm saying. Don't if he lose 
to, to the Jets, I wouldn't just throw away the best. There's talent there. You just need the right coach. And I don't know if Joe Brady and Matt Rule are the best uh, people to do that. But yeah, and 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 that's a great aspect there. I haven't really taken that look at it. But um, one thing that we've talked about before um, on our podcast is that last year the Carolina Panthers lost eight games by a single possession. So all we need is oh, man. Sam Darnold to be slightly better than Teddy Bridgewater was. And I don't think that's asking a whole lot of him. Um, I think if he, you know, Teddy Bridgewater loved to check the ball down. Teddy Bridgewater loved to take the easy stuff. And then he was supposed to be a quarterback that managed the game. And he could not do that last year. He, he turned the ball over more than you would, you know, hope from a game manager. And um, if Sam Darnold is slightly better than Teddy Bridgewater, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be happy with the trade. Um, I think that they win a couple more of those, those, you know, those eight losses and they're in the playoff picture. So um, you guys, you guys brought up Matt rule. I want to ask you about that because Matt rule was at one point rumored to go to the jets or one of their, one of their candidates. Yep. What were your guys thoughts on that? Uh, when that, when that was swirling around, I'm just curious. Well, I could say when, and this is before this is pre Adam Gase. I think it was right around then. Um, as long as it wasn't Adam Gase, I would have been happy. And I liked Rule a lot. Rule was born in New York, you know, New York guy to us. Went to Penn, went out there to, you know, Pennsylvania, coached at Temple, coached at Baylor. Everything about him to me pointed in the right direction for an NFL coach. Last year was last year for the Panthers, but I, I like Rule a lot. I liked him as a coach a lot. I liked him. Carthy as a possible coach for us also. Seemed like a no-brainer. One of those two. Instead, the G, uh, excuse me, the owner steps in and we end up with Adam Gase, which was, I mean, the amount of shows – and people listening, Adam Gase was good for us, even though the Jets were obviously a train wreck, but people want to hear you talk about this train wreck sometimes, you know, like when they're driving by, uh, you know, on, on the interstate and you see one, and that's what Adam Gase was. But Rule, I thought, should have been the Jets coach. I mean, Mike, Mike liked him a lot. I know before we ended up hiring Adam Gase, which was a shocker to everybody because it made no sense at the time. In retrospect, I don't, not even in retrospect are Jet fans mad. In the present, Jet fans were mad the whole way through Adam Gase being coach so it's hard to even rem- I, I even forgot a rule was in the mix before that because adam gase is affecting my memory so much what do you think mike before we went ahead with gase um you do like rule a lot right i did and we didn't get him because mike mccagnan didn't allow him to pick his staff so he said no i'm good and then he ended up in a better job at carolina so um i think that how has he done so far i think and this is look just being honest with you guys um i think the decision to where what you guys did was a terrible decision i would have went with justin fields i mean that's a no-brainer i don't know how in the world you guys didn't do that but okay you know what we'll see um uh because like if the jets decided to have drafted justin fields like keith knows we wanted zach wilson but i would we would have been fine with justin fields yep. um and i think he's going to be um tremendous in the league mm-hmm. um so <clears throat> so i don't know well that decision is kind of weird to me but other than that going back to the original question i definitely wanted matt rule and uh i would say so far i would think that you guys are pretty happy with him again i don't know the quarterback decision if that was him or that was the gm i just think that that decision is going to haunt this management for a long time potentially unless sam is able to be what we all thought he would be. Although J.C. Horn, my favorite cornerback in the entire. Oh, draft. Horn is a going to be oh, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. That no said, Mike, let, let's throw, we, let's be nice now. <laughs> say the guy they took was the he, guy they took was your favorite cornerback in the whole he draft. He was my favorite cornerback. Oh, you guys got the best cornerback in the draft. He's a beast. Hands well, down, hands down. Okay, <laughs> but yeah. I'm just saying, like, uh, 
It's just, wow. I don't know. Mike's so, trying not to be mean about Sam. <laughs> you know, I know it's not even just thing. Sam. It's like you, they the, gave up field. They could have had fields. Yeah. They could have had them. No, I know. I know. Maybe they got crazy. faith. They might have faith in Sam, Mike. And you know what it is with Sam too, guys? Not to go back in time, just real quick. The gaze factor just looms over him, right? Because mm. it seems like he poisons everything he's been around one way or the other. Somehow, some way, players leave him. I don't know if it's his fault, not his fault. And they improve. And you don't know with Sam, it's almost like, was he as bad? Like, like Curtis was saying, is he as bad as what I watched? Or is it, I mean, Adam Gase is just completely inept by every measurement you could possibly think of, right? And Sam, um, you just digressed on him. He, he got so much worse, it seemed, over two years, as opposed to going the opposite direction. You have to factor that in too, Mike. And we, me and Mike tend to think it's a little bit of both. Sam maybe wasn't as good as we thought, and then also got coached by Adam Gase. Mike, M- Merrill's not Adam Gase. Even though they didn't right. say Justin Fields, I have to think he's in a better position coaching-wise, personnel-wise, the people surrounding him now in Carolina than what he had here. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I have to think that. These guys would know better than me, but, I mean, you can't do worse than we did. We were the worst offense in the league last year. with the worst coaching yeah. you could possibly imagine for Sam. So, yeah. yeah. And let me, let me just give you one thing. I just want to give you guys, the Panther fans, one inkling of hope. I would like <laughs> you to go back to his rookie season. I want you to go back to after they sat him. Uh, he threw a bunch of interceptions against the, the Dolphins. He hurt his foot. And then he came back and he started a four-game stretch at the end of the season. Okay? I want you guys to go back and watch those games. He played the Buffalo Bills. He played the, the Houston Texans. He played the Green Bay Packers and the New England Patriots. You will see a quarterback that was growing. He went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. Keith knows. Was great. Toe-to-toe. They were neck and neck he took that's why me and him were like oh we got a franchise quarter he beat out deshaun watson he was better than deshaun watson in new york we saw the game we did the whole thing okay look at his feet look at his decision making he looked good like real like he looked like yeah we're that's why we were so psyched and then adam gase and then i can't even really speak about what happened after that the mono and that was it Dude, you, you, I gotta say, you're giving me chills. <laughs> you're giving me hope, man. You, you are go, doing that, go but... back to the rookie year, his last four games. Right, said we were we were clinging watch to some them. of these. His second year, when he was stinking, I was like, but remember those last four games, the rookie year, Mike. <laughs> he was. Remember so his good. QB rating was 110 for those four games. He was the, yeah, he had the what was it, the sixth or fifth best Something PFF good. quarterback grade in the entire. And you go look too. I mean, it's not like there's not games that he hasn't balled. Man, the second year that game against uh, the Cowboys, yeah, Dallas, um, Dallas killed he it. Balled. Now, touchdown to Robbie Anderson. I was oh, dancing yeah. in the aisles, up and down. I spilled, I spilled beer on forty different people after that touchdown. Oh yeah! And oh, then he God. tore up. He tore up the. Uh, remember, he smashed the Raiders. Yep. Smashed the the. Best. He beat out the 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 Giants, and then he's he had, had some really games. good games with the Redskins. He had some good games. There's no question. Give him my Sam vibes back, man. I remember. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's bring it back down to earth here a little bit. Have you seen the Panthers' offensive line? I mean, it's yeah. It's, it looks to take a guy like Sam Darnold and then put up the offensive line they did this offseason is it's laughable. It's yeah. really laughable. And I guess Moton probably is your best guy. Um, Paradise Miller, right? F- Elf line, um, and then Irvin. So yeah. I mean, it does seem like it seems like he's again in a situation, Sam. But it, the difference being, he's going to have guys that can probably get open last year guys we had so many injuries at wide receiver we had games we were starting braxton barrios you probably don't even know who the hell he is at number one wide receiver and he's a guy i mean he's like a he's a good player he's a good return guy should not be playing getting 10 targets a game so he had games last year sam where there was no he had no shot 
No one was out there wide receiver. So even if your line stinks, which I, um, I'm getting the vibes from Curtis, he feels like it might not be the best. Might have been given him the most protection back there, Sam. I just think when you have Anderson, you have, I mean, Terrence Marshall Jr. is obviously another deep threat you guys have now. DJ Moore is hard to cover in space. He's one of the best guys running routes in the league. Um, one of the, I think he's one of the more underrated wide receivers in the whole NFL. And then McCaffrey, you look at like Cam Newton's whole career. What was he? You guys know, 57%, 58%. McCaffrey comes around. He's 67% completion one year. I was like, he was all of a sudden, he's like Joe Montana. Cause he's like, boom, dumping it off, dumping it off. So the fact that Sam's going to have that outlet, that's just going to, I do think I said this to Michael many times. I don't think Sam's as bad as a lot of people think, but I think maybe his ceiling. I don't know if his ceiling is top five guy, but he could be middle of the pack or maybe a little bit better than that. And if you guys get a good defense, you could definitely win games with them. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't just use last year. I know the taste in some Panthers fans mouth after last season, you hear stats like Sam's the worst quarterback in the league QB rating the past three years. I know you don't like Bridgewater. I think his career QB rating is around a 90 Sam's around a 78 Bryson. So, so I'm not saying don't be excited about Sam. Um, I just mean, he, he's going to need to limit the mistakes and Curtis touched on it too, man. You're so right, dude. When we drafted him, one of the issues I had and was worried about was the carelessness with the football at USC. And then he came to the jets. And that continued. Doesn't mean that happens forever. Some guys figure it out. Um, obviously, turnovers is the name of the game in the NFL. Uh, but the offensive line needs to just give him a little bit of time back there if he's going to do anything else. Okay, let, let, let's move on from Sam Darnold because it's, it's up and down. It's You're going to give me a heart attack probably. So uh, <laughs> let, Let's get into some questions about the Jets. So sure. uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys, um, I kind of – I've done a little research on the Jets here. Um, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on – who do you guys think is the most underrated unit on the New York Jets football team? Like that, that being like the defensive line, linebacker core, secondary, you know, offensive line, wide receiver group, whatever. Um, what's a group that we should look out for that, you know, nobody's really highlighting right now? You want to take that, Mike? Sure. Um, I would say that the running backs are not looked at as elite. Um, and I would tell you that the offense has been built for the run. And on Sunday, they're going to run it down your throat. They're going to try. They're not going to throw it. the ball. They're not going to throw the ball the way you think. They're going to run all day. And it's going to be Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. I picked up Ty Johnson in every single fantasy league I was in. Dude was going undrafted. People don't, people don't even know that he's our starting running back. Yeah, we said Tevin Coleman is. It's Ty Johnson, and every Jet fan who knows yeah. knows what's what's the deal is. I'm currently adding Michael Carter. Everyone thinks it's Michael. Go on every ESPN. You <laughs> yeah, see not Michael Carter, Carter. Michael Carter. No, it's not Michael Carter. It's Ty Johnson, um, and and everyone's going to find out real quick on Sunday what the Jets are about. And they've drafted to run the ball. The receivers are really good run blockers. The tight end are, are good run blockers. So next week. You know, yeah, Zach Wilson, the flare, all the throws, that's not what's going to beat you. If the Jets beat you offensively, it's going to be they're going to pound it down your throat. Yeah, I think the most uh, – the player – I mean, I would – Mike, I'd have to echo that. If there was a player going past the unit, a player people probably don't talk too much about on the Jets, that at the end of this year, people are going to go, wow, that guy's pretty good. It probably is Ty Johnson. His, I mean, when he was on the Lions – he didn't get a lot of the ball a lot. And when he did, he, he, he produced last year with the Jets, a game versus the Raiders, a game versus the Rams, Mike, when they actually featured him, he was, it's why Gase is so maddening of a coach because Ty Johnson would get in there for a small sample size, tear it up. And he'd go right back to Frank Gore for the next 15 carries and Frank Gore, God bless him. God bless you, Frank Gore. I hope you're landing on a team and you continue your career. But if you're averaging three yards a carry, 
and you're what is he, 45 years old, Frank Gore? And Ty Johnson is a guy, young legs, he's, he's youthful. Mike, you know, there's lower body strength. The guy can grind out yards. Seem like a no-brainer. I think that's a tremendous pick, Mike. And also, I know a lot of people know about Quinn and Williams on the Jets defensive line. And we lost Carl Lawson, a big loss for the Jets, but the Jets did add Shaq Lawson here. Got a guy named Bryce Huff, you got to watch out for off the edge there. Um, we got a guy named Fatu Kassi, one of the best um, run stoppers in the league on PFF, only really comes in there on run, run plays. Mike, the defensive line, I think, is another, another unit on our team, probably the strength of the defense. Because, guys, if you look at our cornerback situation, I don't know if you guys had any reason to this. young. Yeah, oh <laughs> we found out this week a buddy of our fr- our buddy we do a podcast with told us it's the youngest starting cornerback group in the history of the NFL. So I had to go Carolina look that up. was probably second last year. They were young, <laughs> long last year too, though. Yeah, and this year, um, it's Hall, Carter, Eccles, Gidry, Dunn, and Pinnock. The twenty-three years old average for those six corners. The guys Man. that Sam's going to be going against, and combined, those six guys have fourteen NFL games they played. So Hall started eight games last year. He's the biggest vet on the team. He's a second-year player. And then Javelin Gidry, who a friend of our show, Javelin Gidry, we're a big fan of him. He played six games last year. The other guys all starting this weekend <laughs> have never started a game in the NFL. And only even worse than that, guys, which more scary is that Hall was a fifth-round draft pick. Carter was a fifth-round draft pick. Michael Carter, the second. Um, we don't have a guy drafted above the fifth round. It's fifth round, lower, and then undrafted guys, our whole secondary. So on the flip yeah. side – an area you guys probably already know that the, the Panthers are going to be targeting uh, and they should be targeting all day long is the all year. day, all yeah. day. That's what we might be in a rough spot, but I think our defensive line and what, what we're worried about, I guess, losing Lawson here is running this four, three scheme. You're going to be running cover three. You're supposed to generate a lot of, you're supposed to generate a pass for us just with the four guys up front or maybe five guys, not blitz a lot. Losing Lawson puts a, I'm interested to see how this works out. Cause if we can't generate any pass rush at all, even if your offensive line isn't that good, if we're only rushing four guys and you're keeping a running back back, Sam might have time to pick us apart, especially with the wide receivers you have. That's a big time concern this weekend for me. Curtis, did you have a group? I have another uh, question for him after this, but did you have a group that you think is the most underrated? Oh, for the Carolina? No, no, for the Jets. Oh, for the Jets. No, I was going to mention the D I was going to do D line. Um, I didn't know about the running back. That's interesting. I, I, yeah, that I just did like three or four fantasy drafts in the last three days, and Carter was taken first by the Jets in every oh, single one of them. Oh, every so. single one of them. And, and he I, might I just and, sat back and just took Ty Johnson in the 14th yeah. round in almost every league and just smiled. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to when it comes to fantasy, like looking sexy and stuff, Carter might be a third down back. He might seem like a hot guy to pick up, but when me you watch the preseason games guys and he's one of those dudes that when he was in space and he had you know had room to run he was great like most running backs are but when he went into a hole he's only five nine he's like 198 pounds carter right so when he hit the hole he would just stop and nothing nothing would happen and he would just get pushed back so when you see that enough times you i say to myself this probably isn't a guy that's going to be toting it 15 20 times a game because um i don't know if he's going to be able to get those those tough yards for us where i think a ty johnson or a coleman might could do that and, yeah. and there's one other guy I want to just mention because you guys may not know about him and you may know about him on Sunday. His name's Elijah Moore. Um, I don't know how he's going to do. I don't know. But let me just say this. Uh, he got hurt in, in camp, so we didn't see him in the preseason. But before he got hurt, he was without question the best offensive player that Keith and I have seen since Curtis Martin, Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he has, he was unreal in camp and if he's healthy on Sunday, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, if he shows anything that he was showing in camp, 
uh yeah i just keep your eye on on that dude yeah just to second that i i i'm from wisconsin so i got some buddies that were at uh the packers jets um training camp practices and they were saying that elijah moore was lighting it up um in in those practices he looked really good so that i can see that and that was one guy I liked in the draft. I thought that was a good pickup yeah. by them. Would they they yeah. got him in this what second round? In the second yeah, top round. and second. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. And so and another player that I want to highlight real quick on your guys' team that uh, we know very well as Panthers fans is Sheldon Richardson. Um, he's been wrecking havoc on the Panthers for years with in uh, New Orleans. So I think Quentin Williams and Sheldon Richardson is probably one of the best you know one two punches at DT, defensive tackle in the league. So. That kind of work. Oh, Sheldon Rankins. Yeah. Rankins. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah, Sheldon. Sorry, Sheldon Rankins. Yeah, yeah. it's all good. <laughs> uh, but uh, he was a Jet, Sheldon Richardson. So it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Rankins is is a player that that we know very well, and um, I think, like I said, that's one of the best one-two punches defensive tackle in the league. And with our guards, wow. that uh, that may that may you know cause a lot of trouble for Sam Darnold. So yeah, that may be um, your Achilles heel, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pressure up the middle is the worst pressure. So. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and then, and then you I, guys, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say one more player that is, is close to my heart, Vinnie Curry. I'm, I went to Marshall University, so uh, Vinnie Curry out for season. I thought he was gonna be a you know a nice pickup for you guys, but um, he got that blood condition or something going yeah. on there. Something but, strange. His yeah, whole entire yeah. tenure here has been odd. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, been a little uh, weird. <laughs> I, I was wondering if I could ask you guys a question. Are you at all worried or what are your thoughts about our young Zach Wilson? Um, I think the strength of the Panthers is their defense. Um, going against a rookie, there's always unknowns. So that's going to come up. But I, I'm actually fairly confident in the defense for the Carolina Panthers from the front seven to the, the secondary you know, they added J.C. Horn. I think Dante Jackson's really coming into his own as a leader. I mean, this guy two years ago was making jokes on uh, All or Nothing on, you know, the Amazon show. And it just, it just didn't seem like he was really taking football seriously. And I feel like he's come into his own and contract year for him. So I really think Carolina is going to take it to Zach Wilson. I really do. I think, you know, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick coming off the edge you got the guys in the middle with brown and um fox and some of those other guys and even some of their rookies they're they're just so they're loaded depth wise on the d-line it's it's disgusting it really is their d-line last year was thin and this year complete transformation Mm -hmm. from the offseason so i I think zach wilson he's gonna have a i think he's gonna have a few plays where you know he'll make some something happen out of nothing but I, I honestly am pretty confident that the defense is going to hold their own. Yeah, and, and I, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, like Curtis was saying, I think that the defense is the strength of the Carolina Panthers, and um, <clears throat> they're definitely not going to be of any concern um, to me throughout the season. That's definitely more of the offense. But uh, I, you know, I, I think I think we're coming in. Uh, me and Curtis have talked through our other episodes. We think Carolina has a top ten defense this year. Um, with Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick coming off the edge. Uh, Brian Burns is one of the best ends in the league, in my opinion. And, mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. He, he, Absolutely. Uh, you know, he, he led the league in pressures last year, but he just has to get home on some of those. And, um, you know, he could, he's a guy that could have 16 sacks this year, I think. So uh, he's he's going to be, a you know, a huge threat for Zach Wilson. 
and then pressure up the middle. Derek Brown is no joke. He's a he's a stud that we have coming up the D middle. D tackle beast. Yeah, and and then our mm-hmm. linebackers are our linebackers are probably the thinnest position group on the defense, but they also have some talent. And then if you factor in if Jeremy Chin plays linebacker like he did last year a little bit, um, that kind of improves the group a little bit. But um, secondary, like like Curtis said, J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson. Um, I think you know Horn's gonna Horn's gonna have some rookie mistakes, but I think for the most part Horn's gonna play well. Um, he is very grabby, um, so he'll probably get some penalties on Sunday um, for pass interference. But but one I, thing, but going back to the Horn thing, he had he just mentioned the other day. I think he had an interview on Monday that with the refs coming into training camp, he said that really helped him get a handle on what he can can and cannot get away with in the NFL when it comes to grabbing. So watch out for that. Cause I feel like he's from what he's saying, it feels like he's learned a lot because he was grabby in college. I mean, that's just, yeah. that was his game. I mean, he was yeah. a is very he, physical corner. Uh, is he on the one or the two? He's a two. He, he's a two. He's playing the, he's a two. Okay. Yeah. So he's he'll, a two. Yeah. So he'll be, he'll be on uh Keith. He'll be probably shadowing Cole or uh, Elijah or Crowder. I'm not going to lie and though. Cole. I, you guys mentioned it and it, kind of sent the alarms off because I wasn't I didn't think it would be this Jets would be this run heavy team that does kind of concern me um I know last year the Panthers struggled with stopping the run again they have their whole defense is kind of revamped but that is one thing even early in preseason some of these backs Ravens and Steelers they get these chunk yards running the ball so that might catch them off guard and you might see that the first second quarter the Jets yeah. might be ripping off some of these runs, and then by halftime, mm-hmm. I think Phil Snow will figure it out. But yeah, that's and, one thing. To and watch. you can you can say what you want about Mackay Becton. You can call him fat, whatever you want. He is the size of Jupiter, and <laughs> he the one thing he does do better than almost everyone else is he is an elite run blocker. He is elite. He moves mountains. He just moves, and people will move. I don't know. I don't know. And then now you got Elijah Vera Tucker. So that that's the one thing I'm going to and, and Keith, I think would echo what I'm saying. We are going to run the ball all day or we're going to try to excuse when they me. in the preseason. If, if the preseason is any indication of what Salah wants this team to do, considering talent wise, most weeks as of right now, we don't match up the, maybe 25th, 26th, 27th ranked team talent wise. So they got to figure out ways to win the game. What's the best way to win the game when you're maybe not as talented as other teams run the ball and play defense. We've known that for since football was kicked off the very first game ever. And you, the preseason games, when the ones were in, Zach Wilson only threw 20 passes and he played, I think he played four or five quarters. He didn't, he didn't throw the ball that much. So I know everyone was going crazy. He was 15 for 20. His stats look great for Wilson, but they put him in. This is what the Jets didn't do with Sam Darnold. It seemed Um, they never put him in a position, not just with the talent around him, even with the play calling, they never put him in a position where it's just second and six, you know, Gacy tries to do something funky, a wide receiver screen on first down. Now it's second and 13. You know, now you know they're blitzing and Sam's in a bad spot. Seemed like in the preseason with us here, we ran the ball way more than I anticipated. And then teams obviously were like, all right, they're going to run the ball. And then Wilson was sitting play action left and right. You saw a lot of him rolling out out of the pocket, which they do on a lot with rookie quarterbacks to make it easy, shorten that field up. Um, I think considering the secondary you guys have, which I think A.J. Bowie is still a Panther, right? Um, yeah, he is suspended for the first two games. Though, so oh, he's not playing. Oh, yeah. oh see, yep. Mike, that's wonderful. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> I was going to say, because I'm thinking Horn and Dante Jackson, and your secondary is, I it's, mean, I don't hear people talk sick. about it, but it, it should be talked about as one of the better secondaries now, now yeah. that I'm going through oh, yeah. it. And 
like you said, Burns. Yeah. Burns is a monster. Shane is an underrated player. Brown's a great player. Um, Reddick's a great player. So the Panthers defense, I mean, even back, I always, I love Luke Kick. was like my favorite non-Jet oh, player oh, ever. It was just, the yeah. guy was a monster and he just epitomizes everything. He could play football in the 40s or now it didn't matter. The guy was just a caveman monster. I loved him. And even he left and I just, I just thought their defense is just, I didn't pay too much attention. And they were last terrible. Year, they were yeah, terrible, man. They went south. And then last year against the run, like you said, it seemed like that's where you guys maybe had a little bit of trouble. And hopefully this year, that first game, you do have some more trouble with it against the Jets. Because <laughs> if, if this game, you know, if you guys are putting points up and all of a sudden he has to sling it, Wilson, say it's 17 nothing in the second quarter. Um, for a rookie quarterback on the road with the team we have, and all of a sudden you guys can just let your guys rip it, Zach, that's a tough spot to be in. So especially like Curtis said, man, I think this first half, the Jets are going to have a boring offense. I don't think they're going to be going crazy. I think they're going to be trying just, just right. quickly. Let's just get a first down and get the next first down. And that's it. Um, I don't know how many Salah can surprise you. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he seems to want to do LaFleur seems to want to do the kind of same thing. The 49ers did last year, which is that zone zone run scheme, try to trip, rip off three or four every single time and just do it the whole way down the field. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do it against you guys. You guys have a tremendous defense, but I know that left side of the line for the Jets. Now, Elijah Vera Tucker, um, we didn't get to see him play in the preseason. So, you know, the jury is still out on him, but he was the number 14 pick. Becton's a monster. McGovern, McGovern's pretty good. So offensive line is not nearly, it's still not, you know, it's not dominant or anything like that. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be able to match up amazingly against you guys, but I do think Mike has a point. I think we're going to be running that ball a lot, a lot more than people think this first game. Yeah, I want to talk about Vera Tucker because in the offseason, Bryson and I both, we mentioned him as a target potentially for Carolina. Mm -hmm. later in the first round if they traded back because they needed help on the offense line. What are your guys' thoughts? You said he didn't play in preseason. Did you get a chance to see him at all at training camp or anything like that? How was, how has he been? I'm curious. Yeah. I, I, at, uh, we saw him at um, OTAs, um, you know, saw him right when he first got drafted. Uh, Keith had him mocked to us. And he was, he was who we wanted. We, we just didn't think we were going to get him. And, you know, I, I know I've been a Jeff fan my whole life. And this is the first, um, this is the first draft that I got the first two players that I wanted that. And I wanted, I wanted Zach and I wanted ABT. And when they traded up for ABT, I, I was just so happy. Um, and then in the beginning OTAs, he's looked really good. Um, has been gelling with the team, uh, has a really great attitude, really good kid. Um, and so I think that, you know, we're, we had, did not get to see him in the preseason because he got hurt uh, to his uh, peck and they were trying to just take it easy with him. So we're going to see him live for the first time. And I'll tell you without him and they had the damn Feeney in there and Feeney oh boy. Uh, is probably the worst guard. And, and even with him, you know, they were still, run blocking pretty well even yeah. with him so i and can't even imagine what it's and and he's horrible so and he got pulled in a preseason it. game which almost never happens we were two yeah. drives in they just took they just took him out of the game guys have you you don't even ever see that starting guard Salah was like nope pulled his ass out and it makes it worse mike because he has the mullet so if you're going to stink you can't have a haircut like that because they zoom right in on you and it did the whole now the whole country's laughing at you, you know yeah. we're, we're already used to that as a jet fan here we don't need you to have this mullet and be stinking it up on national tv yeah. So, Sorry, I had nothing to do with anything, but it didn't I, 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 you know, I think ABT, we're both Keith and I are excited. We thought you guys were taking Pan Soul. That's who we thought. And guess what? Yeah, me too. It, it, guess what? Well, after you decided to go with Sam, what you guys did was the right move because Penny Soul is a bust from what we're hearing over there. Wow. They put there, he's out of position. 
he's out of position. Yeah, you got to give him a little time, Mike, because this is a horribly run organization. <laughs> they moved him. They moved him to the right side, and I, I don't know. I think if he would have Carolina, from what we know, Carolina would have taken him at eight if he fell. Yeah. So, um, I think the Lions just moved him out of position, and he is not. He's not a right tackle. And people think, and we've talked about this on the show. People think it's easy to just slide right from left. It's not. No. Nah. It's not. It's not easy at all. So, I mean, we were going through that with Moten because they they. They are they extending Moten this year, and then they were thinking about moving him to left side, or they were tinkering with it a little bit in the, this off season. So, yeah, it's I would have liked Sewell too. I think I mean that would have been huge. You got Moten oh, and Sewell on the on the outsides there for the line. It would have been yeah. good. Yeah, but I love Horn though, so I can't complain. Yeah, before we get too far though, I, I did want to mention something um, to you guys about the defense. Uh, just a player to watch out for, who's one of my favorite players on the defense that nobody really talks about, but. Um, me and Curtis highlighted him last week, I believe it was, is uh, the guy, uh, he plays Mike Mike linebacker for the Panthers. He's starting this year um, for the first time in his career. Um, Jermaine Carter Jr., he, number 56, um, he, he's going to pop off the screen. Um, you guys are going to see him make a lot of plays. Uh, okay. he, he he got a man traded this offseason. So we signed Denzel Perryman, the linebacker from the Chargers, and he was supposed to be our starting Mike and uh, this great run defender, and then Jermaine Carter showed out at camp, and they traded Denzel Perriman to the Raiders. So wow, um, okay, yeah. So interesting. Jermaine Carter, number fifty-six. Watch out for him. He plays with tenacity. He hits hard. He talks a lot of shit. He's probably going to get into some scuffles, but he, I, I just, I love him. You know, he might be the best linebacker on the Carolina Panthers, and we have Shaq Thompson, oh. um, and then you know Chen that plays linebacker sometimes, but. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited for him. And I think, you know, if you guys do run the ball a lot, you will be seeing him make a lot of plays, um, in, in the run game. Excellent. Michael mental note that I will you that? <laughs> definitely. I'm going to note that because we gotta, we gotta reach out to Salah <laughs> and make sure he knows. All right. <laughs> guys, let's talk about the trade you guys did this off season. Cause I think you probably were probably baffled as, as much as everyone else, but the tight end. Talk to me about that. What the hell? What the hell happened there? Oh, you're talking oh, about Chris Herndon? Yeah. Oh boy, you're going to get Keith oh, boy. fired up. Okay, so <laughs> oh, man, so look, look, uh, Chris Herndon. A lot of us were, were fans. I was a fan. His rookie season was promising, just like Sam, and just you know, we haven't seen anything since. We'll say this: what the value that JD got for trading him, we thought was just unreal um i didn't think that we would be able to trade uh him for almost exactly what we got him for in the draft a fourth round pick we just had to give up a sixth um he unfortunately just never grew and he got into some legal issues and then he just had issues with his hands and you know we were watching last year and keith and i would watch and he would get a pass thrown to him right in and you just drop it and he was fumbling and it just wasn't going to work. And then I, they gave him a clean slate this season. He was the starting tight end going into uh, OTAs and he didn't make it. And so we, the Vikings think they got themselves a tight end. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't right. know about a I, I have more. What, was Herndon, was Herndon Wilson's safety blanket though? I don't, no. I don't know this. I'm asking. Like, no, it, no. Was Herndon, he, okay. he was a, uh, Beat reporters that were there every day, Rich Samini, Costello from the New York Post. Mike, tell me if I'm wrong. Basically, he said he was the, one of the worst players in training camp. Um, and the, considering the position he's in context-wise, that they had Tyler Croft, 
who's, you know, your average NFL tight end. Tyler Croft's nothing special, right, guys? He played for the Bills when he was when he was healthy. He was decent. 6'5", 260, like every other tight end you've ever seen in your life, right? And then Ryan Griffin was always hurt. You know, he had him. And that was, and then Kenny Yaboa was an undrafted free agent that we grabbed. And I liked Kenny Yaboa a lot in college, but he didn't really do too much. Um, so they basically set it up as a quote unquote competition for him to win, I think, almost to give him confidence in himself, you know? And he just was dropping everything. And like Mike said, leading to last year with Herndon, it wasn't so much that he did stink. He stunk the whole year. And the year before that was an embarrassment as well. But it was when he dropped the balls. You guys know how this is. A guy's going to have drops. The year could end. And you might be like, oh, man, I'm not saying this happened, guys. But you might be like, oh, DJ Moore dropped seven balls. But maybe they were all in the first quarter on the first drive. You don't care. When it's third and seven in the fourth quarter, you remember that drop. So that's the guy. That's the guy Herndon became to Jet fans. You know, you almost boot right when you saw his number, you wanted to boo him. And his rookie year was decent. But one of these one of these NFL stories that you guys, we've seen it a million times. Rookie year is decent. Almost gets like too big for his fourth round pick. So let's not get too nuts anyway. But then his second year gets a DWE before the season starts. Does comes back out of shape after the DB hurts his hamstring, then comes back into the year, hurts himself again, only plays one game his second year. And then last year was a complete waste of space. So I have no idea how they got, they drafted him in the fourth. They got a fourth back and a sixth round pick. Joe Douglas is just working. I don't know what he's doing. It, it's, it makes no sense. The value he got for Herndon, a player that I don't know, Mikey wasn't probably even going to make the team possibly, you know, um, that's, I guess to me, the part that's the most mind boggling, but the Vikings were in such a tough spot. They needed anybody that could play tight end and Joe Douglas definitely took advantage of them. And, and the reason why I think you guys, the Carolina Panthers traded for Sam and everyone said, wow, was because Matt rule was about to become a head coach for the New York jets, as we just talked about. And he did his homework on Sam. Matt rule likes Sam. That's why you guys got him because he knows him. He's done the homework on him. He liked him. And, and that was the other thing I didn't mean to go back to Sam. Sam is a really good kid and I do wish him well, not next week, not this coming game, but um, overall, I do want him to succeed with you guys because he's a good dude, man. He's not a bad person. He works hard. He, he, he's everything you want. He's just got to execute. And, uh, and that's why I think, you know, you saw a guy like uh, um, Matt rule target Sam Darnold and maybe the Vikings targeted Herndon because, they knew him or know something. I don't know. It's not something that we see, though. You always see it in sports. There's teams that trade for Duke because they think they're the one that's going to fix them. And maybe that's what the Vikings think they're going to do here with Herndon. Tight end's a funky position. You see tight ends go other places and ball out, Mike. But, um, but Curtis, we were very happy with that deal, to say the least. Cross the, cross the starter anyway. And that's actually been, if you watched um, the Jets preseason game, that's the guy that Wilson's targeting left and right. Mike, he's, he's thrown some pretty good passes to Croft. He has two touchdowns to Croft in the preseason. So, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like, guys, let me just put you something. You know our show's called Ain't Easy Being Green because the Jets stink forever, right? And we're not used to having a GM doing things that seem so savvy that even we don't trust it. We're like, oh, maybe Hernan's good. In my head, I'm like, this seems like a great trade, but we're used to feeling like, oh, he's going to go be a Hall of Famer somewhere else or something. As Jet fans, we're like beaten down, you know? And it does seem like Joe Douglas gets the most out of all these different trades he does for the squad. Jamal Adams is the greatest example, probably the best trade in the history of our franchise. It does seem like he's a sharp guy, and it is strange for Jet fans to be riding through this with someone that seems like they know what they're doing. And, and I'll say from the outside looking in, I guess from like, like I consider myself a you know a, a pretty well informed NFL fan. I try to keep up with as many teams as I can. And in Herndon, for me, like the way I saw it was, which you know I, I don't know as much as you guys, obviously, but 
I saw it as a guy that, you know, struggled with injury and showed a lot of promise. And, you know, maybe this year was the year that he gets on the field, stays healthy and is able to fulfill that promise that, you know, he shown at one point that I think that's the way that like the normal NFL fan sees it. And that's maybe the way the Vikings see it as well. But, that's right. But Hopefully. that's right. A lot of people see it that way. They don't understand. Yeah. He played every, he played every game last He played every single game last year. I think 12 of them, he had less than like 20 yards. And like we said, this is the, the Adam Gase factor affects everything. Bryson it has to, you have to account it in the equation when you talk about anything. Um, even Sam's down year last year, but, um, and Herndon Michael there, like you said, I know that's other people we, Mike and I have spoken to Bryson had the same opinion as you, where he seemed like he might be good as a rookie. Maybe he's been banged up. Uh, I know inside the jet circles, jet podcasters, jet fans were hit, like hit the bricks, bro. <laughs> let me, let me give you, let me give you another guy that you guys have not spoke about. And the national media doesn't talk about this because he's just quiet and he does his job. And I'm going to say something that, you know, you guys are going to be like, what are you talking about? Marcus May is better than Jamal Adams at safety. Marcus May is one of the best safeties in the NFL. He's Hands on my down. list. You could just He's look at the metrics. Here. He's you in could my look notes at the here. But, but he is, Jamal Adams is the 30th greatest NFL player in the league. And Jamal Adams has the highest paid con. Get the hell out of my face. Wow. Okay. Get out of my year. face with that was garbage. He was, he was not good. Look at the statistics, my friend. He can't cover at can't all. cover anything. He can he can, nope. he can he can attack the quarterback. Understood. Mm-hmm. As a as a safety, as someone who's in the secondary, Marcus May. Yes, our our corners are weak. Sam is going to go after them. The safety's position is very good. Yeah, Joiner's a good Marcus safety too. Joyner, yeah, he's good. And 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 Marcus May and Marcus May will pick you off if he if you're not careful. Okay, he can play strong and weak. So, um, you know, he's another guy you got to watch out for who's underrated and not considered like a great player because he's quiet and he's on the Jets. Yeah, I I like Marcus May a lot. And, uh, I've you know, I've watched him throughout the years. and I think he is a solid player. And and another guy, um, not to harp on Jets players, but another guy that I like a lot on your guys' team um, that you guys signed this offseason. And, you know, I think this this position group is underrated as well is is Corey Davis. You know, I think Corey Davis coming over from the Titans – you know, he, he was arguably one of their best receivers. And then he comes to the Jets. He's going to be your number one receiver, possibly, if he's better than Elijah Moore, which I think, he you know, he might be. Yeah. And uh, uh, Corey Davis is just uh, – he's so good. And, and then with Jamison Crowder – Jamison Crowder has been my savior in fantasy football in a, in a PPR standpoint for, for years. He's been my yeah. underrated. <laughs> I started him every week. Um, you know, he, even if he only gets like 40 yards, he had like 16 receptions every game. So. <laughs> So, I mean, he, he was carrying my, my team. I've always taken him up off waivers or draft him late. So, um, yeah, I like your wide receiver group, and I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. I really don't. Even though – is Crowder out for, for COVID this They're week? saying – they're what I read today, hopefully he'll be back. Uh, it's just okay. a complete gray area. I guess COVID just not like normal injury designations. There is just a huge gray area. And yeah. I do think um, just because of the rookie quarterback and because of how bad our wide receivers were last year, that probably is a group people don't look at as being as talented as it is because Corey Davis, the Titans, I mean, Titan Hill put up a great year last year, but they like to run the ball a lot. And he still almost had a thousand yards last year as their number two receiver, Corey Davis in this preseason, Mike, how many targets that he had from our boy Wilson? He almost had 20 targets. Wilson threw the ball to him nonstop every single drive, every single time they had the ball. So at fantasy football, right. me and Mike, all of us are trying to grab Davis up because it seems like Wilson likes him a lot. And even though the, the corner, your guy's secondary is really, really good. I think, Crowder is a tough matchup, really, for anybody. Any any slot, any slot 
any slot nickel corner in this league is going to have a tough time with Crowder because how shifty he is. Elijah Moore is a similar type player to Crowder. That's two tough guys to cover. And then Davis, very physical. Mims, very physical. Cole's a good receiver. So um, I'm hoping, you know, it all comes uh, to fruition here on Sunday. I'm hoping our boy Wilson doesn't have to throw the ball that many times. And we can just run it. Put him in those third and threes, third and four, third and five, Mike. That's what I like. But Corey Davis, man, definitely not a guy to overlook. Probably a dude in fantasy drafts. And anyone hasn't done their draft yet probably rated way too low. And I know why <clears throat> you look at his career, Bryson, you're a fantasy guy. You know, his career has been like, maybe not where people thought it would be. I think it was a top 10 pick, yeah. but if you look at what he did last year per target, he was pretty, pretty productive. Um, you look, we've done this preseason too. He's been really good. And I think him and Elijah Moore might at the end of the year on our squad. And we got into a big debate about this about a month ago, me and someone else, those are probably be our two best receivers. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could agree with that. Um, easily. Um, Curtis, do you have any other questions you want to ask? Because I want to get to the game prediction. I, I, I want to see what they think and what we think of, of who's going to win this game Sunday. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, just going back to tight end, just to follow up on that. Do you guys think they need to go out and get someone? I've seen Zach Ertz maybe as a trade over to them. Because the guys you mentioned, I've never heard of at tight end. I'm not – I mean, I'm just being honest. I don't, I don't know a whole hell of a lot about – Tyler Croft or Ryan Griffin. First of all, Curtis, don't you ever besmirch the name of Tyler Croft. Let's let's get this. <laughs> let's just get this out in the open right now. Don't disrespect that man. Don't disrespect the preseason legend, Tyler Croft. No, you don't know him and no one, no Jet, Jet fans don't even know him. So it's all good. He's not someone anyone should know. It's why it's so surprising Herndon's no longer a Jet, I think, is because Tyler Croft beat him out, you know, of all people. And I'll let Mike handle this one. Mike's been on this the whole time with the tight end situation, Mike, and you know what's been going on. Ertz, I don't know if he's just done or not. I have no idea. There's got to be a reason they're shopping him out there because tight ends are hard to come by, man. Wallers or guys like Kelsey, man, you have one of those guys on your team. It's such a game changer. This type of offense we're going to run historically in the NFL, tight ends just kill it, right? So you'd think it'd be a position we want to fill someone in. What do you think, Mike? Are they going to grab anyone or are you going to roll with Croft? I think they're going to roll with Croft for now. I think he has a good rapport with Wilson. If you look at Croft from earlier, he was on the Bengals. He was on the Bills. Uh, he had some good, see some promising seasons. He got hurt, unfortunately, and that's how he ended up let, getting let go. Um, I think that at this point, Croft understands the offense and is able to do what is needed for a rookie quarterback. Again, he's another guy that's underrated and not really spoken about. Um, I think he's definitely much better than Chris Herndon ever was um, this year, at least, if you want to, to put that into prism. But I think that um, they're going to stay where they are at tight end. And if they need to add another body, so be it. I don't think, you know, Ertz, he's a little older. And right now, if you look at the Jets, the Jets have the youngest roster in the league. Detroit Lions right behind them or maybe a little ahead of them. They're, they're, but their average age is about 12, is less than 25 years. I mean, it's really, really, really young roster. And at this point, you're just trying to set the foundation. The goal for the Jets is let's leave. Let's make sure that the quarterback is healthy that he's growing, that the team gels and they show that they've got some, you know, some chutzpah and, and pushing forward. Right. That's really what Jeff fans are. And they're trying to see a win before Halloween. Is that too much to ask? Can we see that? Right. That's really all we're looking for. It, it ain't easy being green, dude. It ain't easy. Yeah, guys, the last two years, the Jets were one and seven and eight. So we have one win in the first before Halloween for the past years. That's what Mike, what Mike is alluding to. It's been a tough first few months for Jet fans. So if they win this first game, we're rolling, Mike. We're ahead of the game, big time. All right, so so let's get into it. We'll, we'll let you guys go first here. Um, 
what what is your guys' prediction for Sunday? I'll tell you what. I do think the Jets. Are, I don't. I know uh, Curtis thinks the defense is going to handle Wilson. Seems like he thinks the Panthers might spank the Jets. I think it'll. I think the Panthers will win. I think it's going to be a low scoring game though because I got to see. I'm going to need to see Sam Darnold with your guys. All these weapons he has now. I'm going to see him ball out with those guys before I can have faith in him. Just coming off the past three years I had. It's like as if you see someone who's now dating your crazy ex-girlfriend. You know she's crazy as hell. But she maybe has turned her ways around. And she's a great girl for this guy she's with now. But until you see it, you got to wait it out. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think maybe 17, 14, maybe 23, 13. I do think the Panthers are going to come away with the win. I think your team is more well-rounded than the Jets right now when it comes to defense, when it comes to offense across the board. Um, and I, I think the, the corners we have, guys, we're throwing out, like we said, we're throwing out just babies out there. Undrafted rookies are going to be going up against DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, you know, Terrence Marshall Jr., who's a tremendous wide receiver. Um, and McCaffrey, I mean, we haven't talked about him too much on the show because you don't have to because you just know he's one of the best players in the league, one of the best offensive weapons in the league, bringing so much to the table. I think it's going to be difficult for the Jets to go down there this first. I think Jets will fight. I think all Robert Salah teams, units he's coached in the past, have a lot of fight in them. But I think they're going to come up short this weekend. I think the Panthers walk away with the W, guys. So, um, gentlemen, I'm 40 years old, about to be 41, and I haven't seen a lot of rookie quarterbacks for the New York Jets. Uh, the first one that I got to witness was a guy named Chad Pennington. Um, hey, I, Marshall there was University, Kenny, shout there, out. There was, there was Kenny O'Brien, but I, I was too young for Kenny O'Brien. God bless you, Chad. When I was, so, Chad P. was the first one that I remember, and Chad Pennington, his very first game he played, he came in for injured Benny Testaverde and he beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll never forget it. Like, oh, who's this kid? Then we drafted Mark Sanchez and he, you know, scrub. But you know what? He went in. He won his first game, man. We were like, oh, the Sanchez, right? We draft Sam Darnold and Sam goes out there on Monday Night Football and puts on a freaking show and had us just ex I mean I I don't think I have been happier as a Jet fan excuse me excuse me beating the Patriots in New England uh in 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 this in the playoffs was the greatest football moment for me just to show you how low things are in my life I know you guys have been to a Super Bowl um so there was that so come now Zach I think the Jets are going to win his first game it's been happening my whole life and that's why i think they're going to win and i think they're going to win because they're underrated nobody think they're the jets right but they're not they're a different team and a lot of times people take brands and they just say you're good because of this and you're not good because of this and i just think they're better than what they were I don't think last year they were as bad as everyone saw. I think it was just terrible coaching and terrible management. And like Keith said, Ty Johnson would start going off and then they'd throw Frank Gore back in. I mean, it was just ridiculous. So um, that's why I think they'll win. And I think that the, I think the Panthers are a better team. I think the Panthers are more complete. I think the Panthers have a, have a, a, a very good defense. Um, but I think that, that the jets will, I think Salah knows, they have a good game plan. And I think that uh, that defensive line is really going to cause problems for the Carolina Panthers. And one other thing I want to throw in the mix, you know, the Panthers signed James Morgan this week, Mike, to get that Intel. About oh the yeah. New York Jets. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Which is that fine. Happens. That's football. One-on-one that and Jet fans are making a big deal about it. And I said to them, guys, 
the Panthers quarterback was just our quarterback for three years. So every piece of tape that exists on this human being, we have it. It's safe. They must have a floppy disk with the shit on there, right? So let's relax, everybody, when it comes to James Morgan. I, I meant to throw that in, Mike, and get your reaction. We haven't spoken about that yet. But that was funny. That little gamesmanship by the Panthers. Bringing in Captain Morgan. Who got cut by the Jets. I like that. What do you guys think is going to happen this week with, uh, with the Jets and the Panthers? Go ahead, Curtis. I'll let you go first, and I'll go last. All right. I, I didn't mean to come off like that. I, I don't think – I think this is going to be a really close game. I do. Um, I think Carolina – the defense, Carolina's defense is going to keep it close for Carolina to pull to edge this one out. I do. Um, like I said before, I'll be very, very disappointed if the Carolina comes away with a loss in this game. This is a revenge game, whether you want to call it it or not. Is this a revenge game for Sam Darnold? This guy better have two, three touchdowns by the end of the day. Or I'm going to be pissed. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Carolina between their wide receivers, we got to, people forget. I don't think any of us really talked about Christian McCaffrey tonight. That guy's coming back. Hasn't played in preseason. He's got fresh legs, has been training all off season. We haven't gotten a look at him. He hasn't played one snap in preseason and he's going to come out. And I think he's going to help Sam Darnold with all the other weapons. I think you guys, your D line is going to get to Carolina. I think Sam's going to get knocked around a few times. He's going to throw a pick or two. I think the, I mean, it's just the way he, the history shows he's going to throw a pick or two. Um, but the defense, I think, is going to hold this one close. Carolina, uh, these last couple of preseason games, has struggled in the red zone against twos. So um, that's why I think, this, I think this game is going to be a nail-biter. I think Carolina wins by a field goal, maybe a touchdown late. We'll see. But I think they'll edge this one out. I'm not going to give a score. But right now, the Jets – Last time I checked, we're a five-point underdog coming into Sunday. But I think Carolina does edge this one out. And I just want to point this out. I was looking back at some of these rookie quarterbacks who have started week one. And history show history's against them. Uh, Sam Darnold was one of them to win his uh, first game as a starter, um, as a rookie. But looking back at some of these other quarterbacks, week one as a starter, um, they've struggled, uh, Deshaun Watt. I mean, they didn't, I shouldn't say they struggled performance wise. They didn't win the game. Cam Newton comes to mind, Jameis Winston, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, some of these other guys, but yeah, just, just history shows rookies tend to struggle week one as a starter. Bryson, I'll hand it off to you. Yeah. So I wanted to preface mine by saying, um, a lot of people say that, you know, Joe Brady or Matt Rule or um, the best coaches on the Carolina Panthers roster, uh, you know, in their office. But in my opinion, the best coach on, on this team is Phil Snow, the defensive coordinator. Um, you know, he, he makes some crazy in-game adjustments. Uh, last year we had some of the, one of the worst secondaries in, in the league. And, and you know, he, he kind of pieced it together to not be terrible. It, it, you know, it wasn't terrible last year. And, and this year he's got a lot of pieces. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, I think Phil Snow, like I said, is one of the best coaches on on the team, and and I think he's you know he's going to show a lot Sunday. Um, I think the defensive line for the Jets, as we've mentioned, is is going to get to Sam Darnold. I don't think that's really going to be a question. Our offensive line is just god awful, and and the Jets are are strong there. So I I think you know Sam Darnold does get sacked a couple of times, but. I think the defense really stifles this Jets offense. Um, I really do. I think Brian Burns comes away with a couple sacks. 
Um, and then we'll see what the Panthers offense does. You know, that, that, I think that's the big question for me, um, what they can do. Uh, I believe in Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, if, at the worst, just hand the ball to Christian McCaffrey, see what he can do. Um, that kind of, you know, that's worked for us in the past. So uh, I, I think the Panthers come away with a win. Um, you know, I, numbers, I, you know, I, I think it is going to be close. Uh, I, I got the Panthers at 24-14 um, Jets. And, you know, I could see it being 24-17, uh, you know, a one-score game. I do not think it's going to be a blowout. I really don't. Um, it's it's going to be a nail-biter, and I do see the Panthers come away with a win. Yeah, if I was a Panther fan, I would definitely have this as the – you have to. It's a, it's a – you have to. This is one of those Sam revenge. He, he's got to exercise the demons, you know. And, again, I think – like I said, Carolina, I think, is a better team. Um, I just think the Jets will win because every rookie quarterback I've ever seen won their first game. So why stop now? Hey, I, hey, I can't blame you, man. I, I, <laughs> Mike, I, that's I like I like the science. I'm just saying. Brain. I like did. the science. I like the science and the data that you use to arrive at his opinion. I appreciate that, bro. <laughs> and we know Sanchez wasn't good. We know that. We know Sam wasn't even good. But for some reason, they win. It's funny though. The narrative in New York is. Just what you guys said, because obviously in New York, they're going to play it up the most they can. So it's Sam against Zach. And this, I'm like, you know what? This guy's in his fourth season, Sam Darnold. He should go out and be able to play well with the team he has, you know. And Wilson's making his first start, basically um, what Curtis was alluding to. I mean, Kurt, he could go on to be tremendous, Zach Wilson. I think he, he at least looks like he has those attributes. Seems like he's a sharp kid, very accurate, right? But the first games for most QBs don't work out that well. It's the NFL. I mean, just I couldn't even imagine the nerves, you know, um, that somebody would have that first game. It's on the road, too. Um, you're going to have I mean, Carolina, they fill that place up. There's going to be a ton of people screaming, going nuts, uh, all types of horrible things. I know he's a Mormon. I mean, he should be ready. This is the NFL now. OK, get ready for some things to be screamed at you. I got friends down there in the South. I know how they get down at these football games. Um, so he better be ready to rock and roll, man. I, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's awesome that they pitted them against each other week one. It's tremendous. Some good box office, you know. Uh, but I do, Mike. I hope Mike they get the dub. We'll do our show. We'll talk about it. But uh, I don't know. I did. I did. The Panthers have a little too much for us. And like like Curtis said, dude, Christian McCaffrey is just like didn't have him last year, so he kind of he's kind of an afterthought. But like he's no one's talking about him this year because he hasn't played. He's just going to come in I mean, and do what he does, you know. And I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt Panther fans um, at all. But I want everyone to, that listens to this to just remember that when these cool running backs have these major issue, hit, uh, injuries, you never know how they're going to end up coming back. Saquon Barkley um, may not be who Saquon Barkley. Now we're going to find out here in a little bit, but some of these dudes, they come back and you just don't know. So like you said, you haven't seen him play yet. We're going to see him play on Monday. I mean, on Sunday, excuse me. Is he the same Christian McCaffrey? Or is he Le'Veon Bell? I, I don't. I don't know. Well, if he you know, if he regresses, off, if he regresses, the Panthers are in trouble. What, They'll be in a bad spot. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I think. I don't know if you guys saw. I think McCaffrey's a different breed. I really do. I, I mean, I'm. I, I know I'm biased on that, but I think he's a different. Oh, he's guy the best running Barkley back in the NFL. No, but Mike, he, even he, even he, I think what Curtis is alluding to, even just you see what this guy does, the work he puts in. Yeah, yeah. He's just yeah, like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like yeah. Jerry Rice was like running all 365 days a year, he's running 100 miles a day, right? Like he's one of those dudes, McCaffrey. So I respect yeah. that. If anyone's gonna come back and be right where they were and take it off, he he'd be that guy, I think. 
Yep, yep. No, and he before he left, I just want to make sure everyone he was the best running back in the NFL. Period. Definitely. Sure. Like, there's no question about it. Is he that now? If he is, then you guys have a really good chance of winning because guys like that are very difficult to stop. Did you yeah. guys see? Can I ask you guys a question? There's the yeah. ESPN.com was yesterday. They simulated the season 20,000 times in their computer. Did you see you had the number one pick? Yeah, the Carolina, Carolina Panthers. Now, oh, now, now, this is just a computer. Yeah. I was like, I told Mike, I'm like, we're about to, I'm like, is this even, I did not even fathom of, uh, to be honest with you guys, I don't put the Panthers in my head as that bad of a team. I don't, would you guys, were you shocked to see that? That makes no sense to me at all. There is I think, no I think, way. Da- I think David Newton ran those simulations. Yeah. Was that, was that, are they trolling you guys? Like, what yeah. was that about? There's no way in hell that we are worse than the Houston Texans right now. There's no I, fucking way. There's thank no you. way. You know, okay. the, the Jets, yeah, may, maybe they end up having a better season than the Panthers. I don't know. But there's no way in hell that we have a worse season than the Houston Texans, who signed like 40 free agents off this offseason. They had like six running backs. They have Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. There's no way that we don't win more games than them. I, I, I don't know what the hell happened there. Yeah, that was, that was surprising. I said that over to Mike. I'm like, do you see how much they're disrespecting Sam? Do you see this? I took that as a personal shot at Sam Darnold myself, personally. That's how I saw that one. Because the, the Vegas odds, you guys aren't, like, last. You know, you're, like, in the middle of the pack there. You know, the Jets and other teams are down there with the, with the, the longest shot to win the Super Bowl. That's why that took me off guard. But I did see, Mike, that we had the third pick and the fourth pick in that simulation. And the Seahawks had the third worst record in the league. I would love That's if crazy. that worked out that way. That would be tremendous. Just get, get as much as we can for this Jamal Adams trade. One, one thing I do want to mention before we go here is I think there's a lot riding. Panthers fans know this more, but there's a lot riding on that rule, I think, in this game. I think this is, a, you know, time for him to prove. I get it. It's the first game, and this whole season is going to be a, a big year for Matt Rule. But this is his guy, and we've talked about it. This is Matt Rule's guy. Matt Rule wanted Sam Darnold and he got him. And yeah. for if Sam Darnold comes out in this game and wets the bed and looks terrible and this team gets wiped out of the water by the New York Jets, there are going to be a lot of fans on Twitter Sunday night already calling for Matt Rule. I guarantee you that. That's how our fan base is. But there, there is a lot riding. Because we when you guys talked about before, they passed up on Justin Fields. And I know no one wants to mention this either, but they also passed up on Mac Jones. So those two guys, Justin Fields, obviously the the better of the two. I think we can all agree on that. But there is a lot riding, I think, on this first game for fans. And I think Bryson knows that too. Is This is, this is a big year for Matt Rule because this is his second shot at quarterback. Yep. He wanted Bridgewater too. He wanted Bridgewater to Herney might might have had involvement in that to the Panthers former GM, but this is his second shot at quarterback. You don't get many shots, so. And and and, and while he mentioned it, um, I was sick to my stomach when they took J.C. Horn over Justin Fields, and it made me it made me hate the 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 trade even more for Sam Darnold. It really did because because that says to me that that because of that trade, you are not interested in Justin Fields, who's potentially, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in this draft. Um, and me and Curtis watched film on him together. It, we, we loved him. Like, he doesn't have a whole lot of weaknesses. He really doesn't. He's he's going to be. I, I looked at him, and I, I, me and Keith are in this dynasty league, and I took him over Zach Wilson. And I watch him, and I think he is going to be, from a fantasy perspective, top five 
within a year or two. He's not just big, but he's fast and he can throw, he can throw on a dime. Like I'm yep. watching this kid. Like I'm taking him. Yep. I'm taking him period. This kid, I think he's going to be a freaking superstar in the NFL. Yeah. The Bears got to steal. I, 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 they got to steal, man. They, they he's got really the toughness too, man. He's got the mm-hmm. toughness. The tough kid too, which you need in the NFL. He's had a hit he took in the natty, man. He yeah. Came you back up playing. You like, see that Clemson game? The Clemson yeah. game? My yeah, goodness. Exactly. Woo! goodness Dude, man. Dude. Me and Mike were together watching that. I was in we Texas. We were watching with Mike. together. I would have been fine with Fields if the Jets took him. I had no, I just didn't want Mac Jones. Yep. Same. And that's it. I, I, I you know, <laughs> they got Trevor. You know, I, 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 and you know what? I'm really happy they didn't get Trevor, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because if we got Trevor, the we have the worst owners in the in the league. Jet fans know the Johnsons, um, and they would have taken uh, the coach Urban Meyer, and you want nothing to do with that dude. He, I mean, he is. I think Trevor's going to be fine, but that guy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sports children wrote an article about how he's like blowing the preseason somehow. Urban Meyer's like the worst preseason coach of all time. Like the players are all like, what are we doing this? They're blowing. Like they have like horns in dudes faces. Like, you know, it's the college college practice of 1940. That wasn't a good hire by them at all. No, no terrible hire. I mean, he, and you see about it. He just, he, you know what I don't like about him is he's an opportunity. He's, he's one of those dudes. Like he was at Florida and then he didn't get the best coaching or prospect class. So he decided, Oh, I'm going to just take off. Right. So he chills and then Ohio state gets one of the best prospects. And then he decides I'm going to go now to Ohio state with the best prospect. Right. And then I'm going to win. And now I look really good, but he's just got a lot of talent. Then he quits. Right. And then what waits Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I'm back to make him look like, but he's, you know what I'm saying? He's, I don't think they're going to do anything down there in Jack. And I definitely think Trevor's going to struggle for a little while down there. Unfortunately, like Curtis said though, man, say Sam comes out and stinks that first game. And say for any reason, Justin Fields just wins that first game with the Bears and is just balling. It's just going to – people going to be like, oh, really, man? Like, that's what happens here. They're, the already, they're already comparing. I mean, every it, this oh, yeah? trade is going to – it's going to be the comparison between Justin Fields and Sam Darnold for the rest of their careers. And how – There you the, go. And it's going to kind of go back to the Patrick Mahomes and the Bears passing on him. Yeah. It, it, is it going to come down? Now, I'm not saying he is hey. Patrick Mahomes, but – that is kind of what it's going to be compared to. Look, it is. Pa- Panther fans should just understand. You guys have seen two Super Bowls. I know you haven't won one. Yeah, we don't feel bad saw, for you. You saw <laughs> two Super Bowls. I just want to see my boys in one. That, that that's a that's a boy dream of mine. Just to see them in the Super Bowl in the lights. You know, the two weeks talking about my boys. You guys have been to two, and you should have won the one with Cam. You should have won that. They should have won the one with the loam. Oh, yeah. should have won that oh, one too. And then, that's well, that one. Yeah, that's the one they really should have won. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, yeah actually. And what do you guys cheated. think, man? They I know got you got to get out of here, but I want to ask you: Cam getting cut the way he did with the Pats? Did that's his way out of the Panthers seemed like it was a little not the too much left in the tank? You guys surprised that he got cut so quick? Oh yeah, I, I was absolutely. But he's unvaccinated, and I think you know teams are kind of iffy with with the players that. Um, especially in the quarterback position that are, you know, roll that route. But, uh, you know, I, I was a huge Cam Newton fan. He's my favorite Carolina Panther of all time. So I'm very biased. And um, I, I, I think he, he still, he still has some stuff left in the tank. Um, even if, you know, he hasn't really. Sh- I, I in the preseason- you, now, I've heard some other people, Bryson, throw this COVID thing at me. And I think that NFL team would put out a member of ISIS with COVID dripping out of their pores. If they could win a game. That's what I think. That's how I look at the football. I don't know if, you might be right, but like, 
I just think he didn't have it anymore. He might be, I have no idea what's going on in the back rooms of New England. I'm not trending. I do. Yeah. And that could be plausible, but Cam last year was really bad at quarterback. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And then this year in the preseason, he wasn't that bad. So maybe that is what it is. But man, the fact that he's on the streets right now and not playing in the NFL, Cam Newton, what's Cam Newton? 32, 31, yeah, 32, like 32. That's like, that's, that's like remarkable to me. So oh, absolutely unbelievable. So to be fair to Cam though, the Patriots roster was one of the worst rosters in the league last year. And I think for them to even win seven games was kind of phenomenal for, for Cam to even be in that situation. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think in the preseason, he has shown flashes that, you know, he, he still has the arm talent, you know, he's still, he's maybe not as mobile or willing to run as he used to be, but he's definitely better than a couple of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And, and Curtis knows, I think he's better than Sam Darnold. So I, you know, I think the Panthers could upgrade by signing him back to to their roster. So imagine that might, that'd be awesome. You know, I think I think fans don't like to hear this. And I was I would say I was damn near close to a big big fan of Cam Newton as much as Bryson, but I feel like the Panthers they did right by getting rid of him. I know I know that's hard for the fans to grasp, and I understand that. But I'm beat your ass when I see you. The 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 <laughs> way the way they did it was awful. The way they did it was awful. Yeah. They handled it piss poor. Horribly. Um but going back to your initial question, I was shocked on the timing. I thought it would be later in the season. Um, you guys probably don't know this, but I'm a big Mac Jones guy. Um, I thought he outperformed Cam Newton in preseason, and I think he deserved the job. Um, but I was shocked. I thought by the time the Panthers and Patriots game were, Mac Jones maybe would have been in, and that was in November. I didn't think it would be before the season. But here we are. Yeah, me neither. I got. I got to hope because they draft these guys that look like, uh, you know, like his body looks like a piece of macaroni. Mac Jones. Does it matter? No, because he can throw the football. Tom Brady looked like the same way. I got to hope. I just got to hope they don't hit pay dirt again on the quarterback. Because I mean, my life, Mike will tell you in his. So you grow up when you're a child with Dan Marino and Jim Kelly just winning in my face my entire childhood. And then Peyton Manning, before they changed the divisions for a few years, I had to watch him destroy me. Then they changed the divisions. I was like, thank you, God, he's out of here. Then Tom Brady comes in. I'm like, are you like, can we just get, can we just get some scrubs? Can I get a division of scrubs, Mike, please? Now we got Josh Allen. Now Deshaun Watson might get traded to the Dolphins. It's like, we can't get to break here. So we have to hope Zach Wilson can ball out because we have not gotten, we haven't had a division without one of these We've never had a guys in, it in our whole life, That's, you know? Yeah. That's what I want to, I just want you to understand why we're ain't easy being green. We never had a Cam Newton. We never had a Super Bowl team. We never enjoyed the, the the fruits that many other franchises. Maybe you didn't win a Super Bowl, but you had Cam, and you could run out there with your one. I'm sure that on, year when you won the MVP, like, you won the Super Bowl. Was awesome, right? You love that. We don't. The best quarterback we've ever had was Chad Pennington. Do you understand that? Like ever. And that's our boy, you know. I, I have his jersey. Where Joe Namath, come hang. on, Joe Namath. Well, well, I'm talking about when I'm alive, you know, I Joe. Know. You know, in our lifetime. Yeah, but his, we have uh, his dad on the show all the time. His dad comes on, and talks about Joe Namath, and you know that that that's that's the hero from back then. So hey, at least you guys got the victory. We don't have the victory yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> well, hey, I, I wish you guys the best of luck, and I hope I hope young Sam. I have no, like a lot of guys that are on a team and they go somewhere else. You're kind of like, like Jamal Adams. I can care less what he does or whatever, but Sam, 
I am rooting for him. Not this weekend, but I am rooting for him. And a lot of Jeff fans are. We all are. We, he's a good kid. He really is a good kid. And I hope the best for him. And Mike, I just double-checked. Chad Pennington is still number five all time, completion percentage. So oh, put respect totally. on his name when you talk about him, all right? Hey, I heard you talk about him like he like like only Chad Pennington. We know he's you're right. Good. You're right. You're right. right. Come on, come on. That's all. Like, that's all we got. My whole life. You you won't you won't find another uh, a fan that's not a Jets fan that respects Ch- Chad Pennington more than more than I because like I said, played at Marshall. Oh, there you go. Uh, with Randy Moss, man, yep. I, I love some Chad Pennington. Dude. Oh, they were. That I was that was, a, yeah. that was a nasty oh, one yeah. too, right there. Chad to, to if Chad. To if Chad never got hurt. Oh man, the Jets. Oh man, I just, two horrible injuries. <laughs> Well, guys, good good luck this weekend, um, and we we hope Carolina comes away with a victory. But we just want to thank you guys so much. Again, we got the crew from Ain't Easy Being Green Jets Radio Podcast. Go follow them on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. Go follow them on Twitter. Go give them a listen wherever you guys get your podcast. We really appreciate you guys coming on this evening. Yeah, thank I'm you, man. I had a blast. You thank you so much, dude. Thank you. We just want to thank Mike and Keith again from Ain't Easy Being Green Jets Radio Podcast. It was a pleasure having them on to talk Panthers Jets preview for this upcoming weekend. Now let's get to some predictions. We just, right before the season starts, let's just start Bryson with the most valuable player for the Panthers. Who do you think it's going to be this year? Yeah, I don't know if any of our fans caught us when we were on the Panther Nation podcast um, with those guys, but I'm going to stick with the same guy that I said on that podcast, which, you know, I don't think is really some, I think, you know, fans think he's, he's going to be really good, but I don't know if they'd see him as the MVP of the team. And that's going to be Brian Burns. Um, I have very high hopes for him this season. And as we've stated earlier, as we stated on other podcasts, you know, he can be a guy that can go from 16 to 17 to, I don't even know, maybe breaking the record for sacks because of the 17th game this year. But I think Brian Burns is going to have a hell of a season. He's going to carry the defense. Opposing offenses are going to have nightmares about how to block him. You're going to have to put two people on him and hope that works. I don't think it will, even with two. But he, he he's one of the fastest ends in the league. He's got some of the most bend. And if he finishes some of those league high pressures that he had last year, he is going to be a wrecking ball. He's going to be a you know he's going to be a pro bowler this year. I really do think that he's going to be a pro bowler. Yeah, I'm going to go with maybe more of the obvious one if he can get back healthy is Christian McCaffrey. I think he's just – he's a difference maker when he's on the field, and I think he'll really help Sam Darnold out, and he will open up this passing game for them. So that, that's going to be my MVP. Offensive player of the year, Bryson, who do you got? Yeah, I think it's hard not to go with Christian McCaffrey here. Um, but I think if, you know, if he's not healthy or he struggles to come back, then I think DJ Moore is the next up, uh, the next obvious one. Uh, but I could see, you know, with with Robbie having that connection with Sam Darnold from the Jets, I could see Robbie Anderson being their number one receiver this year and Robbie Anderson being that offensive player of the year. I think Robbie Anderson is a more complete receiver than people give him credit for. Last year he was, you know, running slants and digs and flies and all kinds of routes for for uh, Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, I think I think Robbie Anderson is a, is a sleeper here. Um, being the best receiver on the Panthers. I don't think that Robbie Anderson is more talented than DJ Moore. I want to say that. I think DJ Moore is a better receiver, but I think that Sam Darnold could maybe feel more comfortable with Robbie Anderson mm-hmm. based on their past. So I think Robbie Anderson could come out with better numbers. And I think that, you know, obviously numbers is what's going to play a part into offensive player of the year. So I think you could see DJ Moore being offensive player of the year. 
Yeah. And I didn't really set this before, but we're kind of trying to base this off of one player for each category. Hopefully that doesn't screw you up too much, but I, I, I'd go with DJ Moore. Obviously I had CMC MVP. So you might ask, well, why the hell isn't he offensive player of the year? But if I had to pick someone different, I think it would be DJ Moore, uh, three or 1000 yards receiving the last three years, three different quarterbacks. I don't need to say any more than that. The only thing he can improve on his touchdowns and hopefully he can get more this year. Defensive player of the year. I'm going to go with Brian Burns, your MVP. I think he's going to have one hell of a season with the additions of Hassan Reddick, Morgan Fox, Davion Nixon, Daquan Jones, not to mention Derek Brown, Etor Gross Matos. Um, this this D line is stacked and it's really going to help him. He had nine sacks last year. I think he has closer to 15 this year. He's really going to show out. Uh, who, who do you got on the defensive side, Bryson? Yeah, if I can't pick Brian Burns, um, you know, I, I'm i going to go with a player that I've been really high on and I think is going to have a really good season. I'm going to go Jermaine Carter Jr. I think, uh, I think he, he's going to have a hell of a year. He's going to have a career year. He really is. He's, he's set up for success. He's shown in the limited times he started and in the preseason and at training camp that he has what it takes. Um, people, I think it was Darren Gant that said, you know, he's the new Luke Keekley of the locker room. He stays late, watches film. He's always studying film. And he's got he's got the instinct, he's got the tenacity, he plays rough, he doesn't give a shit what you think, and he lets other players know that very clearly that he doesn't give a shit what they think about him, that he's gonna let them know you better hold on to that ball, like like we saw in Camp Confidential. So I think uh you we we could come out at the end of the year and saying, Wow, Jermaine Carter, defensive player of the year. What about setback? Who gets who takes a setback this year? I think it's going to be Christian McCaffrey, you know, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily because there's only been like two other running backs in NFL history that's gotten a thousand, a thousand. And I don't, I really don't see Christian McCaffrey doing that again. It's just so hard to do. And the Panthers have so many different options this year with DJ Moore, Terrence Marshall, Robbie Anderson, Dan Arnold, Tommy Trimble, Ian Thomas. I, I, I think that he takes a, he takes a step back specifically in the receiving department. Um, rushing, I think, you know, he, he, he could repeat with a thousand yards rushing, but uh, I think Christian McCaffrey is the, um, is the player that I see taking a step back from the thousand, thousand yard, you know, the thousand yards of rushing a thousand yards receiving year that he had. Yeah. When we were on the other podcast, you mentioned it before I had DJ more, our DJ more here. I had David more, I'm sorry. And the guy didn't even make the roster. So kudos to me for calling that. I didn't think he was, I didn't think he did that well. And, Clearly, I mean, he, they put him on the practice squad and then ended up cutting him anyways, or he got claimed, I think. Might have got claimed by someone. I thought the Raiders took him. I think he's on the Raiders practice squad now. But anyway, um, I'm going to go with Matt Paradis for a step back. I don't – he had an all right year last year, and, you know, Panthers fans seemed a little bit more confident in him this year at center. But I don't know if he finishes the season as the starter at center. I think – one of these other guys, Elfline, maybe even Christensen, if it gets that thin, steps in. I don't know. I just – I wasn't very – maybe I'm just sounding the alarm now because I didn't I, I didn't like what I saw out of him in, at the, in the Steelers game. But I don't know. I don't know if Matt Paradis by the, uh, at the end of the year is the starter there. Maybe he does take a step back. So that's going to be my bold prediction, I guess you want to call it that for this season watch Matt Paradis this year 
and we'll see what happens. Let's go to records. I know we we had we we brought up records a few months ago. Maybe it was after the draft. And I can't remember what you had. I think you had 10 wins or something like that. Um, but are you sticking by that? What what do you got the team finishing this year? So I, I've got three, <laughs> I've got three records here. Um, I've got a realistic record, I got a hopeful record, and I got a fuller record. Um, I'll start with my hopeful. And I think my hopeful record is going to be 11 and six. I think that they have one of the easiest rosters to start the year with. And then they finish, they finish pretty tough. The last four games is, you know, a hell of a stretch with Buffalo going to New Orleans and um, in Tampa Bay twice. So I, I think that's, that's very tough. And I don't know if they, they can win any of those games, but 11 and six is my hopeful record. And I think that, you know, if Sam Darnold plays well, I think that they could win 11 games. I really do if Sam Darnold plays well. My floor is seven and 10. I don't think that they're going to they're gonna lose more than 10 games this year. I really don't see it. I don't see how they lose more than 10 games. Um, I just – I just – I think that seven wins and 10 losses is, is, is their floor. I really do. So uh, – and then my realistic – my realistic record, I have them at nine and eight. I think nine and eight is a, is a very easy um, – you know, they're, they're about 500, they're about 500, uh, which is, you know, a new thing for us this year um, with, with the extra game. Uh, but nine and eight, I think is, is realistic. I really do. And I, I think that's what they finish at. Interesting that you've gone down a little bit. I, I thought you'd say 10. I thought you were going to go with 10 wins. Um, I'll, I'm sticking to what I had earlier. I think eight, nine, nine and eight middle of the road. This team is so young yet. They're trying to figure themselves out. They'll get a couple more of those wins that they didn't get last year. Um, but I think I just – I don't – they got a tough schedule at the end of the year. They start off – it starts off a cupcake. I mean, it's a cakewalk, these, the first couple games. And if, if they don't win some of those, I mean, that's really going to tell the tale of how this season's going to go. But the between the offensive line struggles – I think that's really going to set them back. I do. I, I get they couldn't fill all those holes, but they could have done more to help Sam Darnold. And that's just kind of where I'm, I'm taking the more pessimistic approach. And, hey, if they get 10 wins, they get 10 wins. That's great. But I think 8-9, 9-8, nine, nine middle of the road. Matt Rule improves a little bit, um, but they just don't – they're not to that wild card spot yet. They're close. But I don't, I don't think they get there this year. Now let's get to our draft picks of the week. Highland Brewing in Asheville. I know I had, I don't know if I brought this beer on before, but this is Rising Haze IPA um, from Highland Brewing in Asheville. It's 7% alcohol. It says natural, hazy, with vibrant and juicy notes of citrus, pineapple, and apricots. I know I brought a Highland Brewing beer on before. And if this, this, if this is the same one, it's growing on me. Because the, the first one I brought on here, I wasn't a big fan of. But if this is the same one, I can't remember. It wasn't bad. I drank it throughout the episode. It's a pretty good beer. It looks like Again. a Houston Astros logo from. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and now that you say that, I hate it. <laughs> but no, it's it's a good beer. If you, I, I'm starting to I'm starting to grow on IPAs a little bit. So for our followers, 
that do care about this segment, you should appreciate that because at the start of this podcast, I'm not a big IPA fan. So yeah, this is one to go give a try again. Highland Brewing in Asheville, Rising Haze IPA. What are you drinking, Bryson? Yeah, uh, I started the episode drinking my, my go-to Buffalo Trace bourbon. I, I felt like I was going to need it for our guests, but they turned out to be cool as hell, so I got to give them credit. Um, they were very realistic about things, so uh, I, I want to give a shout-out to them. But, yeah, I, I finished the episode drinking a new Belgium beer out of Asheville um, that you know, you've know you done reviews on before. It's called a Dominga Mimosa Sour. It is a sour ale with uh, calamansi fruit and natural fruit flavors. It's it it is crazy how much this tastes like a mimosa. Um, it's six percent alcohol. It was delicious. I loved it. I want to buy more. Um, I'm I'm gonna leave you guys with this. I'm gonna be Panther Sands with this. On the can it says, "From sun up to sundown." <laughs> well, just and while we're speaking of beer for this Sunday for the fans that are going to the game like Bryson and I, the Panthers and Bud Light are celebrating their return to the a full Bank of America Stadium. The season opener, they're giving away 623 Bud Lights to fans before the start of the game. That number represents 623 days since the last time Panther fans were in the stadium at full capacity for a regular season game. So starting at 11.45 a.m. on Sunday, fans can go to the one of five designated concession stands near the entrance to claim their free beer it's going to be one drink per customer. Fans obviously have to be 21 and older. Um, once they distribute it, with 15 minutes before kickoff, all fans should look to the stadium video boards and grab their Bud Lights for a, a massive cheers moment. It's just a celebration, but there you go. A free beer Sunday. If you're going to the game, go check it out. We just want to thank everyone for listening to our episode on Panthers on Tap podcast. We can catch all of our episodes Every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcast, go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your Panthers analysis and breaking news. And of course, this weekend, as always, 